Welcome to Season 1 of Stethoscopes and Rugby Balls, a podcast series for medtech and sports tech innovators and entrepreneurs, in which we hear from founders, leaders, investors and advisors who've been there, done it and got the t-shirt. Learn from their stories, including their successes and failures, and hear their top tips for those starting out on their entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, Stephen Carter of The Intellectual Property Works, putting IP at the heart of your business. If you enjoy this episode and want to learn more from other guests, make sure you follow us and visit our website at stethoscopesandrugbyballs.uk. Hello and welcome, and I'm really pleased today to have with me here Dr. Julian Nesbitt, who's founder and CEO of Dr. Julian. Welcome, Julian. Thank you for being here. How are you this morning? Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no, very well, thank you. That's yeah, great. All, all good. Um, so you, you say on your um, your LinkedIn that you're striving to improve access to mental health care, which I think is a, yeah, a great thing to be doing. Um, and hopefully what we're going to do over the next uh, half hour or so is delve a bit into the, the journey of, of, of how you got there and, and how Dr. Julian has become what it is today. Um, but maybe if you start just with a brief introduction for the listeners as to you know, who you are, what your background is and, and what Dr. Julian is. Sure thing. Yeah. So um, I'm a doctor by background. I actually was an A&E uh, doctor sort of in, in any training uh, and in sports medicine. And now uh, I then switched to be a GP. So um, I'm actually still a practicing GP. I still try and cling on to my clinical hours. So I do a, a day or two um, of GP work uh, just be, because I, I, I really enjoy it. And I think it's it's really uh, it's important to just try and to carry on. So, yeah. So background is, is, is a doctor. So I was sort of, I guess, was on the front line of medicine, uh, you know, of, of healthcare, having done quite a lot of uh, psychiatry placements as well. And I think for me, mental healthcare was the most fascinating thing because we it's the thing we least understand in, in a sense, considering the yeah. brain is, is, is the thing that's most complicated. So I've always had a sort of passion for that. Um, and I guess the inspiration came from uh, originally because I was working in A&E and um, many patients were coming in having even tried to kill themselves and you ask them why and they're on a waiting list for therapy. I mean, the problem is antidepressants only work for severe depression. Um, they are useful as sticking plasters potentially, but they don't treat the problem necessarily unless there's a chemical imbalance, i.e. in severe depression. But a lot of the time, it's actually therapy that's the thing that actually treats the issue and gets to the core problem and actually makes people better. Um, and there's just a issue with complete lack of provision of that um, as we know that it's, it's a difficult resource so I thought is there a better way to find people therapists and can we match people better and actually hang on if we do it on a platform and even online then you could even utilize a global workforce of therapists and therefore if that person needs the specialist in this particular area then they'll be able to get that because it's all done online so that was the idea so we built, built a platform up um, <clears throat> now quite extensive technology uh, where we can patients can actually get get choice so i wanted to really empower people so that they have choice um they help get matched to to the most appropriate ones for them and then they choose based on their picture their biography and they can even message a therapist beforehand to say are you you know are you right for me um and they choose the time that's convenient for them so rather than sort of being told on next uh, sorry tuesday in six months time at three o'clock you've got an appointment and then they don't turn up to it because they're actually picking the appointment and finding the therapist that suits them, they've already started that therapeutic relationship, which actually get, gets them engaged. So our DNA rate, which is our did not attend rate, I, is very, very low. And our engagement rate is much, much higher. So we were able to sort of, yeah. Able yeah so to sort of giving more power back to the 
the patient, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So finding that, you know, it's important to find the therapist that most suits that patient um, and to give the power back so that they're, it's their choice, you know, they're the ones that are then going to engage in that treatment because the worst thing is not engaging in, in a treatment. And I think in the NHS, oh. it's a hugely difficult thing. There's 10 to even 20% did not attend rates and, and massive non-engagement rates. Um, and also not great recovery rates. Uh, people, we measure recovery based on questionnaires before and after. And um, <clears throat> the NHS recovery rate is, hovers around 50%. So only 50% of people will yeah. will recover. Um, and the idea and what we've shown is that we can improve that and improve the engagement rate by fight, by getting people the right therapist at the right time. Um, and obviously there is a limited resource of therapists, but by utilizing a much wider network, you can, um, you can help to, to, to get that person better help more quickly as such. So that, that's the whole idea behind it. So how, one quick question around that um, before we move on, but so, I mean, I can imagine as, as a mental health patient, I may, not really have a good sense of what sort of therapist I want or whether some of the therapists are going to be a good match for me. So is the, yeah. when, when you, you know, it's great to have choice. Of course. But is the, but is the platform also recommending particular therapists? Or? Correct. So it'll give you a choice of, of, of those ones that are appropriate for you. Um, there are questionnaires that you can fill out. Um, however, we've, I'm more for human contact. Uh, the majority of people that come into it, so we have different ways of, of, of it working. So you can go in and, and pay privately, uh, in which case your first session is an assessment anyway, and we can help match you based on questionnaires. And then they will help to guide you to the right to the right person. Uh, potentially, we, we have a customer service team that uh, is free to call up and they, they will also help guide you to the right person as well if you're struggling. Um, <clears throat> but we do find a lot of people do know what the issue that they most need help with is. Um, and there's also loads of information about the different therapy types. Now, the majority of therapy in the NHS is, is CBT, but there's also mm-hmm. some counseling modalities. And we will, ex- we explain that in, in the platform. So you can sort of get an understanding of that before you choose. We work in different ways. So I say you can pay privately, um, but we also have uh, NHS contracts. So my passion was to get this into the NHS. So we work al- alongside the NHS where they refer into us. And they, a lot of those patients have already been assessed. So they, they are appropriate for step, step three, for instance, CBT. So in those platforms, we give a, a choice of those therapists qualified in that domain. So therefore, you know that the ones that you're getting are the ones that are appropriate for you in, in, that, in that sense. But it's quite interesting that actually based on our sort of matching uh, and, and um, the way that people can, can choose uh, you know, language, then the, the language of that therapist or the issue they most need help with, and then reading those biographies and messaging the therapist for free beforehand, they're actually able to sort of make sure that even they can find the person that most suits them as such. Um, but yeah, we help guide them. We don't give people overwhelming choice. So there's a sort of list of six, and then sure. if you want more, you can press show more, and then it will show you more. And again, it depends on the filters you've selected and also your availability, because it will only show up the therapist's availability that you've picked when your when your availability is. I mean, the the idea as well is that we're trying to make life easy for the therapist as well. So by utilizing the platform, they upload availability when they want to work, so it's much more flexible for them. Uh, and then it's you know we're then matching the availability of the therapist to the patient as such. Yeah, yeah. Now it sounds like it's you know completely different experience to the traditional NHS experience, where as you say, you just get a, a letter through the post that says be here on this day. Yeah. And then no to, one turns to, up to meet this doctor. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, no, it does sound does sound great. So I mean, so I mean, it sounds like an amazing platform, and where you've got to now is is really quite incredible. But I guess there's been a, a an interesting journey to to get you here. Um, and for yeah. the you know, for the listeners, I think 
hearing more about that journey and the um you know the challenges you've faced um i guess you know what what's gone well the mistakes that you've learned from <laughs> is, is going to be really informative for them um cool. so maybe you know sort of take us back to the beginning and actually what, one of the things you, you mentioned there which i think would be interesting to hear about kind of along the way is is getting your service into the nhs because i know that's a, a big challenge for a lot of small yeah. med tech businesses um but anyway yeah take take us back to the beginning and sort of talk us through the, the journey yeah, yeah i'll take you through and then I, I can give you a bit on like I, I kind of also feel i'm sort of still even at the beginning well <laughs> the beginning yeah, yeah. Of what needs to then happen <laughs> we've got a lot of plans and things but um yeah so the uh okay so uh, i guess the uh, the main thing i the main piece of advice is just believe in yourself so i never believed that anyone could build something and you know, no one thinks that they can just build a business or do what you know, but you've just got to go for it and then it's about resilience because there's it's a roller coaster you get knocked down i mean the number of times that you wake up and you just why am i doing this and then you just get through it and then it gets good again then it gets bad again then so it's just about resilience i think um you know, and, and it's about trying to find the right people. And a lot of the time, the people that you have at one point might not be the people that are right a bit further on. And then it's about actually yeah. having the bravery to say, sorry, that's not right. And I think some of the things that I, mistakes I've made was was just not having that bravery soon enough. And I think, it, you know, that's delayed things by trying making sure you find the right people. I mean, it's been hard for me because I've kind of done it on a shoestring. I, I kind of initially... The idea was that um, <clears throat> I sort of used a bit of my own money to start with a little bit, like £10,000 to build a very, very bad MVP app with Russian developers that a friend had recommended. Um, but it was sort of at least proven a little bit of a concept. And then sure. I was able to sort of utilize um, some of my network. Um, and the uh, it was interesting because I was then on, on board with, with the Clinical Entrepreneur Program, uh, which is run by Tony Young, which is actually really, if you've heard of that. And that kind of gave me confidence uh, to keep to do it, I think, which was nice as well. That's, that's an NHS program, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's for, for sort of clinicians or, or people that work in the NHS that want to sort of innovate, I guess. And it gives yeah. you a bit of confidence to do it because it was in, it, back in the day. And actually, as a doctor, people do not want you doing anything else apart from being a doctor. So it's, uh, you know, you get quite a lot of backlash because it's a bit unusual. Um, so that program gives you confidence to do it. And I think, so, I, you know, I built this little Russian app, which was kind of terrible, um, but it sort of showed a bit of a, a concept. And I was lucky. I um, <clears throat> initially, we, uh, so it was launched the private market. And then we, um, uh, I sort of use some of my networking and connection and, and, and trying to find out the need, right? So the, the key thing, if you're building a business, is don't build something that's not needed and make sure that, um, you know, d yeah. And, and don't keep going if it's not needed and make sure that you pivot and change to yeah. what is needed. If you're, if you're going down the wrong track, so don't spend ages and ages and ages building something that isn't needed because that's a waste of yeah. time and money. Right. So, and, and I've seen that a few times early. before where, you know, pe people, people think something's needed, but they've not Correct. actually tested it in the marketplace. and you know. Correct. Exactly. So don't spend loads of money on development before you've tested. And even actually, I shouldn't have built an app. I should have done it on like just on a wireframe or gone into, you know, or something very simple uh, mm. to go and ask the, you know, patients and, and the trust. So we worked alongside the IAP services, which was the main provision of NHS. So one IAP service gave me a break and said, okay, let's test it. I, we want to provide an online provision. This was uh, quite a few years ago now. So it's sort of, I've been doing this since concept for like for about five years, but okay. it's only kicked off really in the last two, three years. So um, obviously I was a full-time doctor for a long time before that. So I was sort of bumbling along a bit, but the, um, 
<laughs> the, uh, that IAP service said, let's do it. So that was nice. That was my sort of initial customer. And I think that's the hardest thing to do. But it was it's about sort of going out there, trying to present it, utilizing for the NHS. There's there's other sources of help. So there's the AHSN network that sometimes can be of help to help to introduce you to, to, to people. Um, and I think the thing is, if it's needed, they come to you. That's what's interesting. So okay. um, it's you do if you I didn't have to do a huge amount of marketing is sort of this is a provision of, of therapy. This is what we're trying to achieve. And actually then um, people came, came to us. So when it's not needed necessarily, it, it's quite hard. Otherwise they come to you. And I think the biggest, uh, we didn't have to get proper full on NHS standalone contracts to start with. We were able to get subcontracts from providers. So we were sort okay. of, a, and that is a much easier way to start. So yeah. if you want to do something first then work alongside the current providers, helping them out, and then, then you can see what see how that goes. Yeah. But I think yeah, so the, I mean, so it sounds like the main message there is one: if you if you're providing something that the market wants, and so you know, clearly you need to test and understand what the market wants and make sure you're providing it, then you're going to have a much easier path into Correct. into the service provider into the NHS. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's a nightmare because it's so fragmented. But if yeah. they if you know that well, the great thing is once you're once you start doing it and it's needed, they all talk to each other and it's a very, very small network. And the one piece of advice I could say is never, ever sell to the NHS. So never, I think it was easier that I was sort of in the inside and I knew how it works, but don't go as a salesperson to the NHS. They will not buy it. They do not like salespeople. So it's, it's, it's got to be, <laughs> That's it's got to be a, definitely a useful tip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What well, interesting you say there that you, you know, you obviously you're, you're on the inside, you're a doctor. Um, do looking at kind of other people, you know, that have been successful in building these kind of businesses, is, is there a better hit rate for clinicians starting up businesses like this, would you say, or? I think or? it's fair, but I think it depends on the company. Like, so it was interesting, actually, I was listening uh, last night to a fellow entrepreneur at, on was, was a clinical entrepreneur program sort of thing that we did on zoom. And she was explaining about her eye care startup. And it was interesting. So she said that there were, she was working as a in eye care and she understands the science. She understands the patients. She understands what the patient wants because she's doing it. And then there was two sort of developers that were um, uh, just a game, like developing games as just mm -hmm. developers. So they tried to build it, but they built something very pretty, but it was completely wrong. Uh, so I think it obviously helps if you're understanding what, if you're in the inside, you, and if you're not in the inside, try and get someone that is to understand what the patient needs or wants or actually what is the experience and and then make sure you test it with the patients and then understand uh that you're building something that is the right thing rather than, and make sure the science is there i think yeah, so, so you've, got, me, that kind you've of, got, yeah. got that domain knowledge that you, you need <laughs> yeah and understanding you've got the right science behind it as well i think is, is important but so I, I guess you know so we started with the nhs and um started building out and then we got some angel investment um but i kind of did this on a shoestring so it wasn't a huge amount of um it was it was yeah we haven't i haven't raised properly yet and this is what i'm going into now i think um but yes the uh it was sort of angel investment and um built although i was able we had a very good developer actually that we then found who um has built a fantastic platform and sort of now considered one of the market leading platforms actually and interestingly other therapy providers are now coming to us to, to buy our platform off us so we're starting to okay. also diversify into a bit of a SaaS model um you got to be a little bit careful with competition there, but it's uh, we sort of we don't want to just have this for ourselves. The whole point of this is that I want to give the patient the best experience. I'm not really, you know, in this greatly for, for the money as such, but I want to just 
you know but obviously we have investors and everything else so i have to, yeah. have to be careful but the the idea is that i want to um the platform and want to build the, the best platform that other people can use so we have got we're starting out with a, with a selling the actual platform now as well so that other therapy providers with their own therapists can can use this platform and i think what's going to be happening with the platform is that we are now as well as the all the back end functionality so it's a sort of end-to-end system of the booking system the habit then you have the appointment on the platform on the app so it makes that easy um and then you, all the notes and everything are kept all the assessments are done on it and then there's different letters you can download all your notes and each patient gets a personalized dashboard so they can access that for life and go in at any time and any sort of information that was given to them by the therapist is always accessible there so if they needed to come back to something after the therapy's finished that they can and, and now we're building a range of self-help tools in there that will be most suited to the patient and, and a very decent resource library as well as all homework uh, is going to be in there so <clears throat> one of the biggest problems pe- uh, therapists have is getting patients to do homework because actually you only see your therapist one hour a week um, the rest of the time you need to be working on yourself and uh, we're going to build all of that into the system so we were just just about to, to launch that so you're going to have you're able to sort of have all of uh actually complete the homework because otherwise they send a link you have to download it print it out try and send it back nothing it never happens so this way it's all in in one place and i think there are thousands of self-help tools out there and you just have to be careful because if you say download 15 different apps no one ever does that so we want to try and put everything into one place to make it a lot more a lot easier uh, for for people and yeah it sounds like it's convenient for the for the patient but also presumably means that the therapist can have an oversight of you know, whether whether the particular patient is keeping up right. with their homework, whether they need a little nudge or correct, and it will put do push notifications, and then you've got, and then in the actual appointment itself, you can have the dashboard for the therapist showing what the patient's done. So it, it saves a lot of time, makes everything a lot more efficient, um, <clears throat> and then you know even just having the assessments in the system means that the, the therapist doesn't have to do the assessments during the session, so they can be done pre, pre prior, and the and the patient can see their recovery chart graph to see how they're getting on. Making you know, make sure that, that that they're recovering and things, and yeah, and so NHS is where we started. So we, and then they talked to each other. So that was my main bulk, but then started working with um, <coughs> occupational health companies <coughs> and charities. So we're now trying to scale up that market. So I mean, there are comp- competitors now in this sort of private space working with um, corporates, uh, but I think that's where we want we want to go into now. In, in main, mm-hmm. and I think our platform is sort of a little bit more advanced than a lot of those other competitors in that sense that want to just provide therapy services. So the idea now is that we, we want to, <clears throat> we're working with those and um, forming different partnerships uh, at, at the moment as well. Um, and again, going to the sort of university space and our platform allows us to create white labeled portals for any organization we work with. So we can customize each one and then we can add different admins with different permissions. So yeah, it's very flexible in, in that sense. So what, Clearly, clearly you, you started off to be the kind of the service provider and the platform yeah. you developed was the was the tool that you developed in order to be that service provider so at, at what point was there kind of a light bulb moment where you thought actually we've got something bigger here that, that the platform exactly. itself becomes the business it's it's a very interesting question and it and it's it's difficult because it, you don't want to confuse it too much i think by doing by building the platform because we knew what was working what wasn't and we spent four years five years building it sort of with a lot of different and again there's a lot of governance you have to go through and everything else of course um and by all that patient feedback that we've had i think uh it was then sort of hang on is there anyone else doing this out there and people have built platforms but but no one was sort of actually selling their platform and and i've had approaches of 
once we, you know, actually a lot, most of the therapy providers are all in dark ages. They, and again, before the pandemic, everyone was like, oh no, online's terrible. Don't use online therapy. Um, so now suddenly they're like, oh yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we should all do everything online. Okay. So, um, so suddenly it's like a, a bit of a, a switch. And I think, um, a lot of these companies now are trying to scramble to either build something or not. So I thought there was a gap there to say, hang on, we've built something. Why don't you just license it off us? So, so say, would you say then, I mean, Dr. Julian sounds like it's an example of one of these businesses that's actually yeah, as horrible as the last couple of years have been. Probably it's, it's actually benefited you in some ways. I think, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. It's created I mean, an opportunity that might not otherwise have been. Yeah. You, you don't want to, I mean, digi- I think, obviously the pandemic has massively benefited digital health in all aspects because suddenly it's like everyone has to use digital. Um, and it's sort of, especially, you know, with the NHS, they've even been pushed to say, you know, they've sped up their digital processes hugely. So I think any digital health business has benefited in that sense, but I think it's obviously, um, yeah. And and it's, I think it's going to be a tough time. I think a lot of people are, have struggled and would do need some help. You know, there's times when, um yeah i mean it's it's obviously been very very tough and uh i do think we need to provide the support for those for patients that need it and i think the other thing that we want to do um as compared to like calm and headspace and all of those i want to build a lot of what they have but actually the evidence-based versions of that because th- what they've got isn't evidence-based and um provide it for free so i don't think people should be paying to use a breathing tool that as a blob that goes in and out like you know you should be able to do that whenever you want so um i know they have nice stories and things but yeah so the idea is that a lot of materials that we we're going to build can be free so people can download the app <clears throat> and just use it whenever they want and then if they need the therapy it's there uh, for when they need it as such yeah no, that's a great ambition i mean and, and anything that makes that kind of help that more and more people need <coughs> more, yeah. more, more freely or more accessible um has got to be a good thing um, so taking you back to one of the comments you made, so you, you talked about your kind of fundraising journey, how you basically, you know, shoes, bootstrapped it to start with, and then um, you've had some angel investment. Thinking about the kind of angel investment side of things, what what was your experience um, when you went out to kind of seek a- angel investment? Were they, you know, what 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 was it they what was it that drew them to you, or, or what what were you looking for in terms of matching yourself with an investor? Yeah, sure. I mean, so you've just got to do some pitching practice and then <laughs> and a lot of people it's very it's quite daunting when you start <clears throat> and it's just yeah it's just about you know you've done endless pitching to various events when you do them but it's good get used to what of the journey you have to go through and do your pitching and do your and i think um again investors are interested if they if you've if you're passionate you've identified a clear market need and you've got traction and i think you know then it's it's it's, it's sort of a more of a no-brainer for that i think um if you've identified a massive problem and you've got a solution that is an interesting one that you you think um will work and is getting traction then i think it's it's it you should be able to raise to raise money from that perspective is it's and making sure that you've identified a clear story and it's yeah uh, uh, and i think that, that that's the key really um, yeah, so having a good story and being able to present it and get it across in the right way, I guess. Yeah. And, and I guess be prepared to accept a lot of no's along the way. All the way. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. And and not to get beaten down by that because most of them will be no's. So you just have to sort of pick yourself up and just, yep, yeah, okay, no, never mind. But yes, it's 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 a, it's a just a learning curve of a journey from that perspective. Yeah. Did you, I mean, and when, when you were out there looking for money, did you get a sense, what what was what was more important to them was it the was it the market need was it the team that you'd pulled together 
was it um the the kind of innovative aspects of what you were doing or what- yeah interesting i think um well when i, re- I, I again my team has been taking time to build and uh I, I probably didn't have the best team to start with but i've it's sort of been evolving uh, and there's been uh, yeah it's it's uh i guess so i when i raised initially i didn't have the greatest team I, I, but it was sort of you know you kind of obviously team is re- really important I've got a much better team now i think the uh from a perspective of like raising big money, I think obviously that's very important I, from a team perspective. But I think when you're sort of starting out, it's more about your vision, uh, what traction you've got so far, is it working? What And then identifying what you need the money for and making sure you've got a plan for that, um, I think is important. And then knowing your competition and why you're different is quite important. So um, making sure that, you know, you've got some MV, you know, um, you've got some um, USPs in that. Um but yeah, I, mainly I think they were. It was all. It's about the sort of vision. I think yeah. at the start is what they're they're keen on. Yeah, no, interesting, interesting. Well, listen, I'm I'm kind of conscious of of time ticking on. And I know you've got a busy day ahead of you. Um, sure. so I've got two two questions just to just to finish off with. Um, uh, and so the f- the first one is kind of look look back at the experience you've had. Um, if you're talking to um a med tech startup, let, let, let's say it's a, a clinician, a, yeah, a, a doctor or some other mm-hmm. clinician who's, who's got an idea um, that, that they want to bring to the world. Um, so they're just, just starting out on this startup journey. Um, what, what would be the, the one kind of biggest piece of advice that you would give to them? Believe in yourself and have resilience. <laughs> um, it's, it's keep going, to be honest, for yeah. me there's so many times that I nearly just said, what am I bothering? But you just have to keep going because there'll be so many downs and you just got to keep going through the downs. Yeah. That's great that you did. Great that you did. Um, and, and then one final question, which is, um, would you rather fly on a magic carpet or own an invisibility cloak? Fly on a magic carpet. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm more of an extrovert. So I, I like to fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not being invisible. So yeah. Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd love love the experience of flying <laughs> on a carpet. Well, listen, yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of a silly finish there, but um, yeah, great, great to have had you on here, Julian, and um, yeah, really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, wish you every success with the uh, the you know, ongoing growth of of Dr. Julian. And uh, thank, thank you, you Stephen. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Bye now. If I was just say, if anyone wants to um get in contact, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Julian Nesbitt just uh, just messaged me on there if, if anyone's interested. So thank you. Great. Yeah. Thanks. And we'll we'll share your details when we publish this as well, so people can get in touch with you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stethoscopes and Rugby Balls. Don't forget to follow us so you don't miss future episodes, and look out for Season 2 coming early in 2022. I've been your host, Stephen Carter of the Intellectual Property Works. If you want to connect with me or our guests, you'll find contact details in the notes and on our website, stethoscopesandrugbyballs.uk. And remember, there's a way to do it better, Go find it. Until next time, take care.